Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Falcons vs. Browns Week 4 post-game show. Appreciate your patience uh, while I was getting everything going here. This game ended extremely quickly. You know, you guys, as you guys know, normally the show starts like at the earliest at like 4.15. A lot of times it's like 4.30. Uh, so as this game ended very fast, uh, took me. I, I was a little bit, you know, slow on the draw there getting this, uh, getting this stuff out. So I, I do apologize <laughs> for that uh, being delayed a little bit. Um, but thank you guys for your patience for waiting on this one, um, because we have a, a very interesting game to talk about. Obviously, the Falcons come away with the Week Four victory, twenty-three to twenty. Welcome sight for this team to get back to five hundred. Uh, probably should be three and one at this point. Could even be four and zero. Oh. Um, so for those of you expecting the Falcons to play better than they were projected to, this is a pretty good start. I think two and two through this first four games is. A very good outcome, um, probably what I would have hoped for in like my rosier projections. Um, and I think the fact that the Falcons are ultimately doing a good job of keeping all these games close, even against teams like the Rams, who you know should theoretically outclass them, they 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 come roaring back in that game to make it close. And if they can keep a lot of these games close every single week and and make these one score games, then they'll have a chance to win these games because. As you guys know, a lot of these one-score games are basically 50-50 coin flips. Um, so appreciate uh, that aspect of the Falcons. Let me get to this donation by Corey with the $5. He says, great job by the coaching staff today of changing the plan in-game. The run game was working. They didn't overthink it. Also, it occurs to me then uh, that Mariota might be more athlete than quarterback 9-8. and eight. Yeah, Corey, that, that's a good segue into talking about Mariota, and if any of you guys have questions that you'd like us to answer, can donate. Uh, I guess when I'm doing my solo thing here, there's like no. Uh, hold on, Let's see if I can figure this out. Well, it's it's not working great, but uh, there is a link that I will that I will uh, get to you guys. It's a uh, streamlabs.com/slash/thefalcoholic. Slash tip, uh, if you'd like to donate, we really appreciate that. Uh, if you're not inclined to donate, which is totally fine, you could give us a like and subscribe. We appreciate that as well. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in. Um, we should probably all calm down on the wild card playoff talk at this point. But I, I, considering the landscape of the NFC, I mean, it's not completely ridiculous, right? It's not like there's a lot of super strong contenders right now for the wild card slots, particularly those like last ones. So. It's not as outlandish as it probably would have been a few weeks ago because, like I said, the, a lot of these teams that were expected to be these wildcard teams have, have faltered, have not played particularly well. Um, so now you've got the Falcons with a chance to sort of beat expectations, play well. Um, 
and, you know, potentially steal a slot there with even a losing record, maybe, you know, uh, an even record. But um, there's a lot, there's a long way to go, a very long way to go here for the Falcons before we really start talking about that. Um, I'm going to pull up all the stats from this game just so we have them on hand here. Um, but and I know it was an elite day from the ground attack. I will definitely get Corey to the Marcus Mariota stuff because that's going to, that's one of the hottest topics here. Um, ultimately the Falcons, this was like the worst offensive game for the Falcons. Interestingly. Um, now it still wasn't awful overall, uh, 333 total yards. That's not bad. Certainly. Um, the 131 passing yards is bad. No way around that. Uh, but the Falcons managed to get over that by piling up 202 rushing yards. They beat the NFL's number one rushing attack in the Browns uh, in rushing yardage, which is pretty crazy. Um, the Falcons certainly didn't do a great job on third down, just going three of nine. Um, only ran 55 plays to Cleveland 71, but there were a couple of crucial mistakes by the Browns that that fumble was obviously huge. Um that led to the Falcons being able to sort of overcome a lot of their offensive struggles and put up uh, 13 points in the fourth quarter to take this game over. Uh, Not something we're accustomed to seeing, right? That the Falcons are actually the team sort of coming back, doing a great job and uh, being the ones to take over the lead late and, and keep it. Um, So that is a new thing for us, right? Um, On the ground, Falcons had a lot of success from a lot of rushers. They, Certainly had a lot of uh, carries. Um, we had <laughs> Tyler Algier with 10 carries for 84 yards. That's pretty great. Obviously, 8.4 yards per carry. Tremendous. Caleb Huntley with 10 carries for 56 yards. He had a 5.6 yards per carry average and a touchdown. Cordero Patterson had 9 carries for 38 yards, which is still a respectable 4.2 yards per carry and a touchdown. Avery Williams had just one for 21. 21-yard 21 average. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mariota, however, has seem to have lost his mojo as a runner. I think part of that is the Falcons were sort of trying to coach that out of him to some extent um, th- because he was taking a lot of hits early in the year, just five carries for three yards. So sort of a drain there. The problem, the, so the ground game, I mean, the ground game was great. Everybody was getting action. I think they were purposefully limiting Patterson's work to let that knee injury, which I don't believe is severe, um, to let that sort of heal um, and, and I think, you know, they probably could have leaned on Patterson more if they thought they really needed to. But clearly, it's when you see all the running backs eating, it's partially that the defense you're going against is not playing well, and also that your run blocking up front is good. And I think there was a stretch where the run blocking struggled in the second quarter, but I think they really hit their stride in the in the second half, just really started dominating on the ground and um, this is now the second game, and I, I know um, someone in the chat pointed it out, Shaquavius, um, Shaquavius Scott, that this is two games over 200 yards rushing for the Falcons now. Um, so that's pretty insane. Um, the Falcons will definitely be near the very top of the NFL in rushing offense after this game, which, considering how bad they were running the ball last year, uh, is pretty pretty nuts. For, for that big of a turnaround. Um, that's one of the things that I was really looking to see. Like we know Arthur Smith really wants a strong running game um, to, to make his offense work. And last year, Falcons were 31st in rushing yardage and 30th in yards per carry, just, 30, just 3.7 yards per carry. Very bad, despite the presence of Cordero Patterson this year. Uh, 
it's been much better. They're like, I would, I think they're already over halfway, like more than halfway past last year's rushing total. And, and they've shown known signs of slowing down. Um, obviously the Browns defense was depleted in this one up front with both Clowney and Miles Garrett missing this game. Clowney has been out for several games. So not necessarily like, like the Browns were still defending the run well without Clowney. I obviously losing Miles Garrett is absolutely huge, right? Like there's, um, there's not really any, any way to sugarcoat that the Falcons should have had more success passing the ball. Um, we'll get to that with, with the whole Mariota discussion. Um, so it's, it was a good game. Um, I think for, for the rushing offense in particular, like the blocking was good. The running backs were running hard. Um, and I think it was really smart of them to activate the extra running back because of Cordero Patterson's injury and the fact that they really were going to pound the rock here, you know, over 30 carries, uh, for the running backs. Well, I guess technically 30 carries exactly for the running backs. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, that was the best part of this game was watching them dominate. I mean, I don't remember the last time this team had a 10 play drive of just runs that scored a touchdown. Um, pretty, pretty awesome to see. Uh, I, I did, did really enjoy that aspect. They sort of beat the Browns at their own game in this one. Um, just dominating the ground game. Um, you know, the Falcons got annihilated in the time of possession, right? Falcons only possessed the ball for 24 minutes, (laughs) which is kind of insane that they were able to amass 202 rushing yards in only 24 minutes of game time. Um, and a lot of that has to do with them just going completely cold in the second quarter, uh, going completely cold after those first two drives, uh, where they went three and out, I think three or four straight times. Um, and they just didn't possess the ball and that's going to really stress out your defense and really stress out your ability to win this game. Um, and the fact that they were able to overcome that is impressive. Um, but I think it also showed how limited this passing game really is, uh, despite the presence of a lot of really quality weapons because of Marcus Mariota. And we're going to get to that too. Um, we get another donation here from Corey with the $5. Thank you so much, Corey. He says, love seeing Pitts in the backfield because it reminds me of when the Rams did the same thing against us with Cup. Shows the team is trying to be creative with how they get the ball to playmakers. Uh, it was also really smart of Algier to go down in bounds. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I thought Algier really uh, made a good play, especially that, that dump off that he took for a first down. That was absolutely crucial. Um, I like seeing them try to use Pitts creatively again because of how limited the passing game is with, with Marcus Mariota at this point. Um, it's going to be really hard to get anyone involved. Uh, like, I mean, Mariota only completed seven passes in this game. Like, that is completely ridiculous passing. Like, 19 attempts, seven completions. Um, that is absolutely unacceptable uh, for any passing game. And uh, that is is a big topic coming out of this one. Um so it that is that is something to talk about. I know uh, Mariota has a lot of fans, and I, I don't think that Mariota has played poorly up until this point in the season. I think the last couple games, Mariota played pretty well. Um, I didn't really have any, any big complaints. I think this game we really saw what happens um, when he gets sort of frazzled, um, and he just becomes completely inaccurate and scattershot with the accuracy, and uh, that... I also think that he's not necessarily the quarterback to really push a passing game to the next level. I think his ability as a runner is nice. Um, I think that he's actually pretty efficient with, with his throws most of the time when he's on schedule. Uh, but there's no way around it. Like, um, 
there there was a poor poor performance from Mariota today uh that it just man uh just a lot of off target throws i mean there certainly were a couple of drops i wouldn't say there were a lot of drops in this one um just off target uh i mean i don't think that interception was that bad to be honest i don't think that was really a, like his worst play or anything like that um so it's it is what it is. Like, I, I don't really think that interception was like, I know people were really pissed off about the interception. I, I mean, I think that was just a great play by, uh, by Denzel Ward. Um, I mean, maybe Mariota could have put it like a little bit further out in front of London, but that wasn't really the play I had a problem with. Um, it was the, the off target throws. Uh, there were a lot of them. Um, it just really hurt this, this, uh, it really hurt the offense. Um, now there, there were certainly some uncalled penalties on the defense. Uh, that is certainly not Mariota's fault. Um, but I, I, the passes were not necessarily on target on a lot of those missed throws. Um, there's also the, the snap issues. A lot of that is on Drew Dahlman. The snap today that was fumbled, um, that to Mariota's credit, he did pick it up and keep that from being a catastrophic play. But, the, like that was Mariota's fault. Like the snap hit him in the hands. That wasn't on the center that time. Um, so it's it's he's limited uh, in terms of what he can do. I I I think calling it, it inconsistent at this point is fair. Um, I I don't think that Mariota has been awful to any extent. I mean I think this was certainly his worst game. Um, doesn't mean that he can't bounce back. And I don't think we're going to be like calling for, I mean, some people are calling for Desmond Ritter. I mean, I, I think that's a little premature, um, but this should have been a better offensive game. Certainly. Um, and they, they, you know, Mario just needs to get the ball on target to these guys, particularly on those outside routes. It seemed like a lot of those were, were off. Um, but again, I'll, I'll rewatch the game. We'll talk about it in the film review. I'm sure it's a win. So it'll be more of a positive film review, but um yeah, it, it was it was a bad game for him. Um, but again, everybody has bad games. It, it, like, I'm not saying Mariota's cooked or like he can't ever do anything, but it, it's obvious that the passing game is a bit limited. It's going to be a low-volume passing game. Um, and I, I think at this point we need to see more running for Mariota. Um, and, and I think that's... Like, I think it was like early on, it was like, okay, um, you know, like like... At first, it was like, oh, yeah, uh, like, please calm down with the running Mariota. And now it's like, okay, like, you might want to actually take off sometimes. So, like, it's all about finding that balance. Um, and they, I don't think they've really found that yet. Um, but I, I think the way you win with Marcus Mariota is you give him good weapons and you you don't necessarily force him to make a lot of crazy throws. You... you let him hit the play action, which I think he's been very good at. You know, we've seen that with Zacchaeus a lot. We've seen it with Kaderil Hodge. We've seen it with London and Pitts. Um, but the tight window throws and the plays under pressure are where he's going to break down. Um, I think he's actually done a pretty admirable job of avoiding pressure. It's just that the throws tend to be off target at that point. Um, so I, I do think the ununderrated part of Mariota's game is his threat as a runner, right? I think that's opened up the running game for other players. Um, so I, I think that is something he deserves credit for. But this was Mario's worst game. I think that the passing game is clearly limited with him as the quarterback. But I think that this is this running game is benefiting from his presence uh, to a big degree. So 
they, I think this Falcons offense can still be a good offense uh, with Mariota as the quarterback. They, they will remain probably a fringe top 10 offense. I mean, I don't know. Depends on the rest of the teams this week. But um, it's it was a tough game for him. Tough watch. Um, it's just not uh, what, what you want to see from your starting quarterback. Um, but again, the team's not going to bench him for, for one poor game. Um, I don't think the team is necessarily looking to insert Desmond Ritter at this point, so everyone should calm down about that. But it's also okay to criticize when players have a bad game, and this was a bad game for him. I, I do think he'll bounce back. Um, so, you know, everybody everybody just relax. Just relax. But it, it wasn't a good game for him. The passing game really struggled today against an opponent that they should have been able to, to move the ball against. You know, they, they didn't have any of their top three pass rushers. It was a lot of rookies out there. Like, Mariota should have had time to set his feet and throw. And um, even when he wasn't pressured, I thought that the accuracy was really scattershot. So, um, you know, it he offers you a lot of things. I don't think he offers you great passing ability, but I think the path for this Falcons team to be a good offense is not with a high passing volume to begin with, right? This is going to be something that similar to Tennessee that they want to run the ball and they want to have an efficient play action passing game. And I think when when this offense is at its best, that's what they're doing. I think that they they didn't do a great job of executing the passing today, but the run game compensated. And if the run, I mean if the run game can get uh if the run game can get like 200 yards, uh man, I mean it doesn't matter. Like you don't, you don't even need to throw the ball if your run game's putting up 200 plus every week. Um so that's obviously a positive takeaway. Uh but you know, we'll see how it progresses. We're going to face some very tough defenses over the next two weeks. Um, That's really going to stress out this passing game even more. Um, You know, we'll see what happens against the Bucs right next week. And then the San Francisco 49ers after that, two of the best, if not the best two defenses in the NFL. Um, So we're going to get another look at that, certainly. Um, But I think at this point, like, I I don't think the Falcons are going to be inserting Desmond Ritter at this point. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I've always said it's probably that Bears game that, th- that you're looking at. Um, you know, it, um, and, and we'll go from there. So, you know, it, if Mariota's playing really well and this team is hunting for the playoffs, he's not getting benched. Like, um, that's just how it is. Uh, if this team's out of it or if Mariota struggles more, then we'll probably see Ritter at some point. But at this point, I think we've seen two good games for Mariota, one like meh game. And then like, this was a bad game. Um, so it's nothing, nothing like truly alarming, but you certainly hate to see seven for 19, uh, as from your, from your quarterback. That's just never something you're going to like, but I'm sure that they will uh, try to address some of those issues and, and, and continue to work on that stuff. And look, it, it, it's only four games in like this. There's a chance this offense could get sharper as time goes on, but this was the softest defense they're going to face for a while now. Uh, so the, this was the chance for them to really put up some, some fireworks on offense and they, they didn't really do it outside of the run game. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a big test against the bucks and, and the 49ers over the next two weeks to see, um, see what we can do. But yeah, everyone calling for Desmond Ritter, y'all, y'all need to calm down. Okay, it's it's not time for that yet. Um, if if we pulled every quarterback who had one bad game, you know, there would be a lot of benched quarterbacks around the league and not not any starters. So, um, 
We got another $5 from Corey with uh, asking, where is Ade, AK-47? Arnold Epic K, you're going to be a beast with that spin move he is per- per- uh, perfecting. Great job by Grant getting the outside leg of Chubb on the first drive down by the goal line. Don't like rolling Mario to left, and he also needs to run more when he can. Yeah, there's a lot of things to get to there. Like, I, I think Ade Ogundeje has been one of the more disappointing players this year. Um, obviously, it's still early, but uh, as a result, you know, I think Ebikati is going to get more and more play time. Uh, the fact that Ebikati, I think, is playing the run and the pass better than Ogundeje, I mean, maybe shouldn't be surprising considering he's a second-round pick, but, uh, you know, Ebikati is going to get more and more play time if, if Ogundeje can't sort of start to, to, you know, make more of an impact, especially as a run defender, which is what he's supposed to be out there. Richie Grant, I thought had a good game. Um, I, you know, obviously that, that he took a bad angle on that one Chubb run, but that would have been a tough play for the safety to make anyway, like Chubb coming 20 yards downfield with a head of steam. I mean, he might've just gotten trucked anyway, and that wouldn't have really been his fault. Um, the defense just played that whole run awfully. Um, yeah, but I, th- I thought he had some some key tackles. I thought he was involved on some key plays, and I think he had another good game. So Grant elevating his game is is really big for this uh, for this for this defense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mariota rolling left has been a little bit more scattered. I didn't, I haven't charted it or looked at it that closely yet, so I can't really comment on it. But I do think that they need to give him the freedom to take off and run more when when it, like like if you have the choice between a really difficult throw or running for like three to four yards, you probably just take the run. Like you, you take the three to four yard run um, because you trust your running game and everything else. Like this team clearly wants to run the football. So if you have first and 10 and you have the choice between going for this really high difficulty throw on the run while you're under pressure versus just scampering for like three to four yards, if you get those three to four yards, it opens up the playbook and makes it acceptable. Like on second and six, it's okay to run the football. It's not okay to run on second and 10. Like we saw what happened when the Falcons did that today like tackle for loss tackle for loss just three and outs every time they tried to do that it doesn't work it's bad football it's bad analytically it doesn't like it 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 really makes it really difficult on your offense if you're insisting on like needing to run the ball on second and 10 or second and eight or whatever so just uh that's my take on that it's been my take for a long time that um you know they need to avoid the second and long runs um but it's really hard when you're incomplete on first down and, you know, like if the passing game is limited, like, are you really going to pass again on second and de- second and 10? Like, I mean, you should, but um, they just need to get things tightened up in the passing game. Like, it's not like Mariota was miles off on these throws. You know, I think the refs were, were pretty lackluster in terms of what they were calling. I think there were several holds that uh, were, were basically just ignored uh holds dpis multiple things like that um so it's it is what it is um and and i think that they will they will have to get better if they want to keep uh they'll have to get better if they want to win some of these games against these really good defenses so um i don't know where adnan is jojo he's supposed to be here so i'm you know we're gonna get on Adnan after this game for for not being here uh all right, let's uh, let's get. Well, we definitely need to talk about the defense because the defense did, I think, uh, end up coming in clutch despite not really having a good day overall. Um, so we'll get to that as well. First, let me uh, shout out once again Sweetwater Brewing for providing 
the liquid for today's show. Going to be enjoying a classic. I'm sure if you guys live in Atlanta, you've heard of uh, Sweetwater 420. Uh, classic IPA. Uh, very, very, very bitter IPA. Um, so I'll be enjoying that throughout the show. So thanks again to Sweetwater for providing the suds uh, for today's show. Luckily, I didn't need to chug it before the show uh, because you know of an embarrassing loss. So that's always appreciated as well. So thank you, Falcons. All right. So... The defense, um, look, not great all around. Um, 403 yards allowed. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, like 226 yards passing allowed, that's not a lot. So that's not bad. 177 yards rushing, that's worse. But um, at the end of the day, like they, they, you're going up against Nick Chubb in the NFL's top rushing defense, like rushing offense. Um, you're going to give up yards to Nick Chubb. Like, Nick Chubb is the maybe the best pure running back in the NFL uh, in terms of his ability to break through contact and just create yardage all over the place. He's just really goddamn hard to tackle. Like, it doesn't mean that you're a bad defense if you can't tackle Nick Chubb because literally every single defense has a really hard time tackling Nick Chubb. So he was going to get his. They were going to give up a lot of yards on the ground. The key was, like, can you make enough plays to keep it manageable for your offense and I, I assumed that this would be like no they weren't really making a lot of plays and the offense would have to sort of just outscore the Browns which that ended up not really happening I mean they sort of had to do that right I mean ultimately you have to outscore your opponent but really it was the defense that actually kept this thing manageable while the offense well both teams offenses sort of just were inept for a long period um, and it was ultimately the defense that closed it out after a strong final drive from the offense that they probably could have won on, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers in this game, right? Um, Chubb is just really good. So, like, you know, I, there were a lot of missed tackles on Chubb, but that's part of what he does. He just runs through contact. He's so good with his balance and with his physicality. It's just part of the game. Um, so, it, it I, I hesitate to be too critical of the run defense against Nick Chubb and the Browns, who have maybe the best running uh, run-blocking offensive line in football. So, um yeah, it, it it was it's a tough matchup there. I think the Falcons did okay at limiting like Chubb didn't run over like it it's funny because we saw what the Browns wanted to do and the Falcons just did it better, right? Like they just they took the Browns strategy, put it right back against them and like just shortened this game. Like this game was like over before four o'clock. It's rare that you see that uh in the NFL. So I mean, props to the defense for, for not letting Chubb absolutely take over the game. Um they, I think they, they did a good job of, of at least keeping it like manageable. Um, and especially that last drive, right. They, they really turned it on. Um, they, I think they, they, you know, of course, Grady Jarrett came in clutch, right. You know, shout out to Grady Jarrett. Uh, like that man has just been elite in the clutch this season, just getting the sack, you know, they, they didn't get a lot of pressure on Brissett all game. Grazier busts through the line on a crucial down and distance, gets the sack. Uh, and then, of course, the Falcons end the game on another interception, this time by D. Alford. And this was a really pretty one. Um, and, like, that's what this defense is probably going to have to do to... This is what they're probably going to have to do to to help this offense win games, especially when they're not clicking. They're going to have to be opportunistic because I don't think they have the horses up front. I don't think they have, you know, the talent all around to really like shut down opposing offenses, except maybe if they're bad offenses, they can. But um, I think that they're going to have to find ways to 
create takeaways to sort of just have have some like big plays. Um, and we've seen that in almost every game, especially the wins, right? They've had a couple of really close, uh, like really good turnovers. Um, they've had two turnovers back-to-back on these two wins to sort of seal the game. Um, I don't believe Casey Hayward got benched, no. Um, I know that they, they like to rotate, um, so I, I don't think he was benched. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, they had... The, the clutch interception. They had that forced fumble. That I think they probably should have had that other forced fumble. For being completely honest, um, there was no whistle. They said he was had forward, you know, forward progress stopped or whatever. I didn't hear a whistle. Um, so, you know, questionable. I think the officiating was pretty questionable in this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I I think I was I was pleasantly surprised by the defense on that last drive. I think they did exactly what they needed to do to win. Um, and sometimes that's that's all you have to do. It was, you know, not pretty. It was not beautiful. It was not ideal in any way, right? But it was enough for the victory. Um, so props to the defense for getting that done. I think that was, um, look, look, just big props. Like Grady Jarrett, I love you. Obviously, you guys know I'm a big Grady Jarrett fan. Um, he's my one of my favorite defensive player. Uh, you know, I love that man. Um, great job. Just once again, Grady Jarrett out there by himself. <laughs> it feels like. Shout out to Taquan Graham too, because I think I think Taquan Graham um, had a really good game. I think they need to get him more more as many snaps as he can handle because he and Grady are sort of the two guys that are are I think our NFL starter plus players. I think um, uh, Abdullah Anderson, to his credit, has been a a reliable reserve. Like he has been someone they can rotate in. That's not a problem. I think I think it has not been as good as hoped with Anthony Rush. I think he has made some plays, um, but I think it, it might be something that they might be looking to get a like a higher end nose tackle going forward with Anthony Rush being the, like, I think in an ideal world and Anthony Rush um, is probably like what he was last year, where he's your, your number two nose who rotates in on run heavy situations and plays a lot of snaps, but he's not your like go-to nose tackle. And I think that's what they were hoping for with Eddie Goldman. You know, Eddie Goldman offers you a little bit more, a lot more as a pass rusher Anthony Rush, still a good run defender, but just doesn't offer you much as a pass rusher. And it's, um, you know, it it is what it is. I I do appreciate Rush's contributions against the run. I just think that he he's limited in terms of his ceiling as a, as a nose tackle. He's not really going to be a pass rusher for you. So I think next offseason certainly could be a time that they look to potentially acquire a higher-end nose tackle. I think, you know, like I said, the, the, uh, the Eddie Goldman signing, I think, sort of revealed that they were hoping to get that perhaps and, and have rush as like a like i think if you have rush and another high-end nose tackle starter rotating on the interior like that's a really good duo of nose tackles like i think rush is like a solid starter and if you can have that as your number two nose i think that's great um i think him as like your only starter with an undrafted guy in timmy horn behind him it's not ideal but there's a lot of unideal things about this this defensive line in particular right now and um there are going to be some options on the market next year, right? Um, you know, I know Dalvin Tomlinson for the Vikings has been playing really well. Um, he's certainly someone they could look at as more of a pass rushing nose. Uh, you know, that Sheldon Rankins, um, Jordan Phillips, another good pass rusher, pass rushing nose tackle. Um, so, you know, maybe the draft, you know, nose tackles tend to fall. So it's possible you could get a quality nose tackle like a Travis Jones, right? That's an example from this year, like on day two. Um, 
Ashawn Robinson, I really love. He's not really a nose tackle, but uh, you know. So there, there are potentially going to be some guys out out there in free agency for them to add. And I think adding to the interior is absolutely one of the biggest needs this offseason. And they just don't have the depth there. They don't necessarily have all the the horses up front to really keep up, um, to really put the clamps on offenses. Um, and and we'll see how it goes over the rest of the season. But um, it's it hasn't been great. Certainly up front, but I I think you know when you have Grady Jarrett and you have Taquan Graham, who I think has been better than expected so far, um, you have something to build off of, and I think they have I think they're starting to have a a good group of edges. I think they're really missing that like high end edge one guy, right? Like we talked about it last week. Like they're missing that Miles Garrett type. You know, every team wishes they had a Miles Garrett type. Not a lot do. I think that's like the biggest need, right? Um, the biggest need for them is to go out and get that high-end pass rusher. I, I think you're more likely to find that guy in the draft because when those guys hit free agency, it's usually when they're older. It's usually because of some issue or you have to trade for them. Um, and I think that's probably not the best way to go about it. I think um, the best thing for them is to look for that at the top of the draft. Um, you know, I, I Will they be in range for, for Will Anderson? Probably not. Um, so... Maybe Jalen Carter, right? Uh, that's more of an interior presence, but I'd be happy with that too. They just got to get, they got to get something, right? They, they got to get something going there. Um, we got George Costanza with the $5 now. <laughs> All right, Mar- Mario Costanza, uh, you know, cover your ears for this one because George is coming in hot. Um, stop the cap, Mario's trash. Any half-decent quarterback wins us this game handily. I want Mario to stay the quarterback if we are tanking. <laughs> Otherwise, it's time to move on. Let Ritter see what he can do. Ritter is a winner. Hype train starting up. I mean, I think that's a, that's a little aggressive, George, I would say. I mean, this was a bad game for Mariota. You know, I talked about it earlier in the show if you weren't here. Um, but uh, it, I think that, like, yes, I think if Mariota hits a few of those throw, um, if he hits a few of those throws that were missed, I think the Falcons probably do win this by a touchdown. I think if that snap is handled better, I think they probably score a touchdown on that drive and it's a little bit less sweaty at the end. Um you know, you guys know I love Desmond Ritter. I was pounding the table for him or or Malik Willis to come in here, um, and I, I'm happy. I will be excited to see him at some point. I I don't think now is the time. I think they want to at least get through this next stretch of a few games. See how it goes. Right, you're going to be playing elite defenses in the Bucks and the 49ers. Really tough situation to insert a rookie into. I just don't think that that's ideal. I think probably week ten or later at, at most. Uh, well, week 10 or later, you know, we'll see how Mariota plays. Like, if he bounces back and plays great, then probably be later. If he continues to struggle against these good defenses, you know, they're probably going to... We'll probably see him at some point. But, um, you know, I think it's a little early to call for his head, considering that I think he did have some very good performances early in the early this season. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that continues. But uh, the passing volume has continued to go down every week that Mariota's been the starter, so that is something to monitor. Um, now part of that's maybe just the offense being the rushing offense being really good. Maybe it doesn't have as much to do with, with Mariota as people think, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. All right. Hold on one second, guys. Yeah. Like I said, folks, appreciate all 300 plus of you for hanging out with us this afternoon. Celebrate another Falcons win. Trying to be positive here. You know, not, not trying to dump on Mariota because they did get the win. Um, yeah, if you guys don't mind uh, throwing us a like, throwing us a subscription, hit that little bell thing, apparently to get notifications when we go live. 
You can check out our Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Live. Get early access to all the podcast episodes ad-free as well. Uh, those will be up usually the night before. Um, for certain shows like this one, uh, it goes up like immediately because I can't wait you know, to put it up. But otherwise, you guys will get all of those early and without any ads. So for those of you that hate ads, like I'm one of those guys that just hates Spotify ads so much, I just have to pay for it. So um, that's another good, good way to support the show too. Um, lots of cool perks, lots of cool chats and Q&As. We'll be having a, a Q&A uh, soon as well. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And yeah, appreciate everyone for hanging out. Thanks, guys. Um, or we got Corey with the five dollars. Uh, next week is a measuring stick game. Browns had the ball for thirty-five minutes today, and the Falcons' defense showed a lot of heart. Uh, Rashawn Evans was quietly a, a key player today against the run game. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that Rashawn Evans has you know looked like you would hope he would look back in a DMP's defense. I think that was sort of the thing. Like I think this is sort of the perfect scheme for him where you can sort of conceal his lack of coverage ability, where you can blitz him a lot, which he's really good at, and then you can have him thump against the run. In a traditional 3-4, you know, one of your... You can you can usually hide one of your inside linebackers in coverage, let him blitz, let him thump against the run, and that's what Ra- uh, Rashawn Evans is. I think he's doing a good job in that role. I think he's having his best season since the last time he played with Dean Pease, and um, definitely a pleasant surprise there. Um you know, the other side of the coin is like Michael Walker, who I think has been very good in coverage, very close to having more interceptions. Um, but the tackling and the, the thumping ability against the run has not quite been there. I mean, he's been a productive tackler, but I think the the he needs to wrap up better, man. He's got he's got to get control of those tackles. He's he's got to continue to improve there I, because I think his ceiling as a, a coverage player and overall like his mobility and stuff like that, I think is really good. He just has to, to add... Yeah, so he has a lot of tackles, but he misses a lot of tackles too. Like, some of those were second effort plays. Um, like, it, it's been a consistent issue so far. I think that he has the ceiling of a good linebacker starter. Um, and I think they can have a really good duo with him and Troy Anderson. That's a very athletic duo. Um, but both of those guys are sort of have the same problem, right? They're good in coverage. All that, A lot of athleticism, obviously Anderson more so because he's just a complete freak athlete. Um, but they're not they are not the best tacklers. They don't take the best angles, something that they got to work on. Um, and I think that's why you need Rashawn Evans. And I think that that's why they should sign him to an extension probably um, because they need that thumper against run-heavy offenses. Um, and I think Rashawn Evans has shown he's a good blitzer too. So he has some passing down value, even though his coverage is just not something you ever really want to see. Um and I think I think in, in like Timothy Fisher, I agree. Like I think Troy Anderson is improving. You know, he's a rookie coming coming from Montana State. Shout out Bozeman. Um, but he's limited still at in his ability to play the run. Um, so we'll we'll hopefully see that continue to improve over the course of the season. But um, you know, it, Michael Walker just needs to get because he's in position for all these plays to like be these these impact plays to stop these guys and. Um, there were just missed tackles. It, it's really annoying to watch. Um, and I, I think like being in the right place to make the play is half of it. And a lot of linebackers are not athletic enough. You know, a lot of these thumpers that are great tacklers, they're just not able to be in position. So Michael Walker's got half of it down. He's also got the passing game stuff, which is really important. He just has to be able to finish more often. And as a guy that this is his first year of really starting, 
he needs patience to really get you know his his feet wet get used to NFL tackling and getting a, getting a hold on these NFL players that are just far better than anything you're going to face in college at Fresno State um it's going to take time I I still have confidence in him to be able to put it together and I think like Michael Walker and Troy Anderson with Rashawn Evans as like the third guy is a really good group going forward that I'm excited to see long term um but I think we are still sort of waiting for it to happen with, with Walker in terms of his tackling and run support ability. Um, we're just, he's getting there. He's getting there, but not quite yet. Um, we got Mad Tom K with the $3. Thank you, Mad. Appreciate that, brother. He says, is it just me or has Dolman had at least one to two bad snaps per game? <laughs> Started to get Mike Person flashbacks. Hope he cleans that up. Yeah, I mean... The snapping has been an issue. It has been mostly on Dalman today. There was an issue with Mariota handling that snap. That wasn't necessarily on Dalman. That was just Mariota taking his eyes off the ball for a second, and just the timing was bad. Um, so uh, Dalman absolutely has to get that cleaned up. He has to. Um, if he doesn't, like he's like maybe he'll finish out the year starting. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're interested in going back to Matt Hennessy. Um, but he will be replaced next year with a like veteran signing or a high-end rookie um, if he can't clean up the snaps because it's just you're never going to be more than a depth center if snapping is not something you have down. Um, you, you have to be able to get that down. You have to eliminate those really dumb mistakes that just shut down your offense. Like a bad snap could ruin an entire drive. Like we, we saw it happen today. We've seen it happen almost every week where a snap influences the game in a negative way. Um, and you can't have that long-term. You just can't. Um, so we'll hopefully see that get cleaned up. I think his blocking as a whole has been better than Hennessy's, especially as a pass blocker. Um, but the snaps, you can't have that. You got to You have to get that fixed sooner rather than later. If not, we're probably going to see the team go really hard after a center, um, in free agency. You know, we'll, we'll see if, if any good ones end up shaking free. I mean, I, right at the top of my head, I don't really see anyone that I like love uh on the free agent market obviously so it may be a draft thing um the good thing about centers is a lot of times you can get really good ones in the draft like on day two so they don't necessarily have to use a premium pick to get an upgrade at center like you know gonna you know I don't want to bring up uh <laughs> my boy you know uh that plays for the Chiefs now you guys know who I mean you know I, I won't say his name but um you know that would that would have been nice right to to have that at center but it is what it is, right? I mean, Richie Grant, Richie Grant's playing really well, so I'm less mad about that now because of that. So, uh, George Costanza with the five dollars again wore my Barkowski jersey for the first time this season, and we won. I think I'm on to something. We're going to the Super Bowl. No more draft takes because we're coming for that number one spot <laughs> in the league. I know is what he means. Uh, choo choo hype train, get, get go and chug it down the tracks. Everybody hop on. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to take a sip here before we get to this next point, but this is sort of a turning point for the Falcons and we'll see what they can do with it. But um, one moment here, guys. All right. So this is like a a point now. It's really nice to get the back-to-back wins, right? I think the Falcons did that just once last year. Um, No, they didn't do it at all. They haven't won back-to-back games ever under Arthur Smith. So this was already a turning point. That's nice. Um, Last year, they got to 500 twice um, after starting in a hole and lost against winnable teams each time, right? So last year, they get to uh, they get to 3-3 three and three with a win against Miami. Then they go to play the Panthers, who have been awful over the last few weeks, right? And they lose it 
in a really bad game. Then they go on the road, beat the Saints to get back to 500 again, and then get blown on, blown out by the the Cowboys. Right. So like this year, it's different situation because they get back to 500, but they have to go now and play really like three really good teams. Right. Tampa Bay has looked vulnerable, so there's a chance maybe if the offense comes to play and the Bucks are still reeling with these injuries that maybe they can make that a game. It's it's in Tampa, so I think it's going to be really tough, but you know, it is what it is. San Francisco, I mean, they've looked very mortal on offense since since Garoppolo has taken over, but again, that's a tough game against an elite defense. Then you have to play the Bengals, you know, who really knows what's going on there? They've definitely looked better as of late, but um maybe not as unstoppable as last year. And then you get a couple of game, you get like a series of games where I think they could potentially like claw back. So like say they they end up going, you know, one and two against the Bucks, 49ers, and Bengals. They steal a win in there somewhere. Um, and then they're at, you know, three and five going into the Panthers game. Like they could potentially beat the Panthers. They would they would probably have a chance against the Chargers who are just so hurt right now. Um, and they should they should sweep the Panthers. The Panthers are really bad, guys. Like, you know, so then they got the Bears, the Commanders, and the Steelers. Those are all winnable games. Um, so, like, there's a chance they could go into the bye week with a winning record if they sort of hit their stride after this difficult stretch. They just have to keep it together, you know, winning one of these next three to keep it at three and five instead of falling to, like, two and six or something like that. Or two and five. Like, well, let's see. There's three more games. They're at two and two. So, it would be three and four. Excuse me. Um, so, if they, could, if they could keep it at three and four over this really difficult three-game stretch... That's great, you know. Instead of falling to two and two and five, um, then it would be a lot easier to climb out of this hole. But it really, you know, you have to start winning those winnable games after that to to climb back. And you know, if they're in the bye week, if they hit week fourteen with a winning record, or if they get to a winning record at any point, I will celebrate. Right? Like we'll all celebrate. But um, they got a long way to go. It's nice to see them win two games against teams that they really should beat here. Uh, it's nice to see them sort of recover from some bad mistakes early in the season. Um, and you know, I think there's a lot of football left to be played. I, I would, I would say that the, the playoff stuff is a little bit premature because we do have a difficult stretch coming, but I, I won't, you know, knock anyone for being optimistic. I just don't want people to get their feelings hurt or get sort of jazzed up and, you know, then have their their hopes dashed because the Falcons come back to earth. It, you know, it, it, I would not, you know, I would take it easy on that just for now. Um, you know, if they come out, if they somehow come out of this three game stretch with a, with a winning record, right. They win, you know, two of the next three, then I think you could probably start ramping up because I think, you know, you're, you're playing three playoff teams there. Um, but just let's, you know, just asking people to, to try to relax. Don't get too hyped yet. I think, because I think it's going to be a difficult three-week stretch here, uh, but then I think in week eight, we we enter this scenario where it's like one, two, one, two, three, four, five, like five of those six games, I think the Falcons should probably be favored in. Um, you know, I, I the Chargers game, I think, is the, the, the more difficult of those games, but... Um, We'll see. And then they got the Saints again who look extremely mortal. They have to go play the Ravens. That's, you know, probably not going to win that one. But they get the Cardinals late. We all know how the Cardinals do in the second half of seasons. And then they play the Bucks to close it out. Um, so if they go into week 14, say they they win one of the next three, then they'll be three and four. Then they go, you know, four and two over that six game 
stretch, right? Um, they'll have a winning record going into the bye week. Um, they'll be like seven and what? Seven and five or seven and six. Then they just need to win like two of those next games. And then I think to get to nine and eight, I think that they could, you know, against the Saints and the Cardinals, you're probably hoping. You could squint and like really try to make this happen, but it's, it's quite early. Let's see how they continue. They need to get this passing game sorted out, right? They need to figure out how to get that going more because it's not going to, they're not going to be able to put up 200 rushing guards on every team. So they got to figure out how to get that going a little bit better in this one. Um, But I think if you're feeling, I think it's okay to feel better about the Falcons after this game. I think it's, it's nice. Like two and two, Going into week four with, you know, two games against, you know, thought playoff contenders, one against the defending Super Bowl champion. Um, I think this is this is a good a good start. I think this is about as good of a start as you could hope for. Now let's see how they perform over this difficult stretch and we'll go from there. Um, they do have a winnable set of games after that, but just remember that I warned you when we go into this three game stretch, if they lose a couple games, like don't freak out don't don't panic until like if they go into the bye with a losing record i think we know it's all over but um it is uh you know i think they've shown a lot of fight against good teams i'm hopeful they can do the same against the bucks and the 49ers but we need to we still need to see it we still need to see it. um we got george costanza with the 25 dollars. thank you so much george man appreciate that buddy he says if arthur smith can win games with our generic mad and creative player at qb man george is coming for mariota today uh, we can win the Super Bowl with a QB that can actually throw the ball forward of the line of scrimmage. And Mariota was available because no one wanted him. Well, I mean, I think teams wanted him to be the backup, but, you know, I think Mariota understandably wanted to come be a starter um, and has looked limited, but I think his mobility has been a boon to the offense. And I'm not I'm not willing to bury him just yet, George. I, I think that he deserves... Uh, I, think, I think he deserves a few more weeks at least. Like he's got a he's got a tough stretch of games coming here, um, and I think that he clearly has shown that he's a limited passer. But if they can keep winning, then it doesn't matter. But um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Any any further? If anybody else is planning to donate or do any more questions, this is your 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 you know two minute more warning here as we're coming up on an hour. Um, so we will. Uh, we will get to anyone else that comes in, answer a couple more things before we uh, wrap up today. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. All right. Oh yeah, there's no there's no super chats yet, anonymous. Um, you know they won't let me. I'm not. I don't qualify for like super chats or super follows or anything like that yet. Uh, the channel I think needs like something ridiculous, like twenty thousand subscribers before I qualify, which is pretty ridiculous in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's all through like the Streamlabs stuff because I can't do it through YouTube directly. I, that would definitely make it easier if I could just do it through YouTube. But, um, you know, they're very picky about who they let do that stuff at this point. Hopefully they'll open it up to my humble, you know, 4,000 follower channel or whatever, but you know, whatever YouTube. Um, but you know, it's better than Twitch. It's better than Twitch. So. George, the Bears said the same shit about Rex Grossman. Mariota is Rex Grossman too. But you reminded me of that. The Falcons had, the Falcons had Rex Grossman here briefly, right? I'm trying to. I think he came in and just had like this awful game. 
Now I gotta look this up because Rex Gro the Gross Man. He was play he was playing Gross Man. Um, <laughs> I feel like there was a game like he he came in and played for the Falcons or something in the preseason. Um, I can't remember, but it was it was bad. If you guys remember that game, um, remind me because that that I remember something with Rex Grossman somewhat recently. Um, uh, we got Rich the Gill from the UK. What's up, Rich? He says, "What do we do at center? Nothing right now. Um, you know, you keep practicing, right? You you keep going and going until um, until you get it right. I I don't think that I don't think there's a lot to be gained from going back to Hennessy. I mean, if if Dalman really falters, um, then like." then you have to go to Hennessy. But I, I think it's like they need to know if Dalman could get this together and play. Because I think as a blocker, he's been good enough, certainly, um, to where you don't... Because it's like if Dalman can't cut it, you then you have to go out and get a center. Like you either have to get one high in the draft or you have to go get a veteran somehow. Um, and I think they would probably rather not do that, right? I think they'd probably rather save their resources for the defensive line. You know, maybe left guard... Um, where there's a little bit more available in terms of like guys that might be on the free agent market, but um, you know, and, and right tackle, right. They're going to have to spend money at right tackle. So I think it would, it would be better for everyone. If, if Dalman could just take control of the job, be a good center and they don't have to worry about it because I, you know, right tackle, they're going to have to figure out. Um, maybe they just resign McGarry if he keeps playing like this, but, or, or they franchise tag him or whatever. Um, and maybe they draft someone high, but they, they need to do a lot. They will have money to fill a few holes in free agency for the first time in God knows how long, but they can't do a bunch of stuff. So one of Dalman or Hennessy being your good starter at center, I think is key. I think we need to have some level of patience with Dalman. This is first year starting. Um, so that, that I would, I would counsel patience, you know, with Dalman for now, but we'll, we'll see you know, how it continues. Because if they keep having the snap issues like three or four games from now, it's just not going to fly. It's not going to fly. Um, it's it's going to be unacceptable. Like, this offense is, is good, but it's not good enough to just constantly overcome those problems. Uh, it's just not going to work. So, um, thanks for the question, though. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. It's been a great show. Uh, we're over an hour now. Um, so, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh, like I said, please... Do like and subscribe. We really appreciate everyone for doing that. Click that little bell for the notifications. We'll have our uh, next show will be the Falcons film review, which is coming out on Tuesdays. It'll either be, depends on when they get to all 22 up. If they get to all 22, like early on Monday, like around one, then usually it can be, it'll be out early Tuesday. If they don't, then I usually have to work on it like Tuesday morning and then it's out later on Tuesday, but it'll be out sometime on Tuesday. Then of course we'll have our next live show on Wednesday. We'll probably also have a Q and a, uh, coming soon as well, probably this next week. So keep an eye out for that folks. Um, yeah, again, really appreciate you guys. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Falcoholic live ad free early access to all the podcast episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you all so much. Uh, we'll be back, uh, to talk more about this Falcons victory over the next couple days and, uh, hopefully going to continue to win games. Uh, that'd be nice, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying the wins. You got to savor these. We don't know how many we're going to get. 
So you got to save them, guys. Um, George, <laughs> he's just burying Mariota today. Okay. Mariota is that old wooden bridge over a river. He's technically a bridge, but you wouldn't want your kid's school bus to go across it. <laughs> George is coming, you know, George and the Mariota stands are going to fight like in the chat. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's fine. Um, I, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I, I appreciate all the Mariota stands. I appreciate George. Um, it's a fun discussion. Uh, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks if we need to make a change. I think at this point it's a little premature just to be fair to Mariota, but, um, We'll see how we go. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes, guys. But again, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I will talk to you guys uh, next time on the Falcoholic Live, Falcoholic Podcast. Until then, guys, you can follow me, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters. Have a great night, folks. We'll see you next time on the Falcoholic Live. See you guys.